This is Kyle O'Reilly, and you're listening to Pro Wrestling for Life. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Pro Wrestling for Life. I'm your host, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, X-Pac. And joining me right now is my co-host, Nick Houseman. Hey, Nick. Hi, Sean. Happy 420 as we're recording this right now. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. How you doing, buddy, man? Everything I'm good, good, man. I'm good. Now that we got finally got... Uh, Got out of the starting box with this after take three. Oh yeah, take four. <laughs> man. I mean, Ric Flair, right? And then we had Chavo. Then we had Lex Luger. I mean, it's a hit. You know, we've got a hit on our hands here right now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I was just talking about the intro just now. Oh. <laughs> take <Okay>. three. <laughs> but no, yes, no, I, that too. I don't. I don't think of those as mistakes. I just. I think of them as extra content for our blooper reels down the road. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, there's plenty of that. Is that going to be on Patreon? All the bloopers. Ooh. You know what? I think we could open just a blooper like tier. People just wanted to watch you sit there and like we could tear up like the angrier you are. Like if you haven't eaten and you're like genuinely right. very upset, that's the high premium content. You know. Yeah. So. I would say like if I haven't had my coffee, but there's never a time when I haven't had my coffee. Uh, we've got a big show here today, everybody. Huge show. Um, episode number four. We've had a lot of names from your past. Let's get to a name here from the present. After we talk uh, the news of the week here in just a moment, you're going to get to hear Sean's conversation with current WWE NXT superstar Kyle O'Reilly. Then we're going to dive into the archives. We're going to welcome uh, Fightful and Wrestling Observers, uh, Denise uh, Salcedo. She's going to be talking to you about WCW, Fall Brawl 1997, and then at the end of the show, we're going to cap it off with a brand new game. We got another one of your fans from Patreon. We got a great comedian in the house. They're going to play Twitter Mania, and we won't say any more. You guys will figure out the rules when we get there, right? Yes, sounds good. Absolutely. Thank right. you for getting. Thank you for getting us through that. You're welcome, brother. All right, well, let's get to it here. Uh, this week in wrestling—that's the new name for this segment. It's not just—it's not just a, a Morbus kind of news block it's this week in wrestling that was your idea for this right that's true yeah okay. it was my idea okay wonderful <laughs> um well the, the big news here obviously you broke the internet we'll start with the story about you you and sammy zane right so you guys went back and forth on twitter sammy talked about how a couple years ago he wanted to have a SummerSlam match with you were you aware that this was being pitched on i wasn't i wasn't aware of it uh, and like you know and he might tell me like, Oh yeah, I mentioned it to you down at the performance center when we were talking like two years ago or last year or something. But you know, man, I mean, if he mentioned it to me, I don't remember it. And I think I would remember something like that. Well, I mean, but you said like online that you just physically would not have been able to go then. Right. Even if it was an option and you'd known about it, I don't think you'd have felt comfortable <laughs> taking the match. Right. Well, not a match like that. I mean, because you know, a lot of my matches over the past several years, like I just kind of um, like color colored in in the lines inside the line. I don't know if that's the right way of putting it. Kind of like paint by numbers. Like I had a little formula and I stuck to it because my my I have torn ACL for the past 12, 13 years, you know, and torn meniscus and um, it, it limited me. Uh, but that being said, the match I had with with him when he was generico, right. Um, I had the same injury then too. Oh. So it's just, um, 
also like on top of like probably could have worked around the knee injury, but you know, I think they would have had a hard time clearing me while I was still positive for hepatitis C. Sure. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, now your blood's good. You're yep. in rehab right now, right? Yep. I and just got back from physical therapy earlier, had an amazing session. See, because what's so funny to me about you, Sean, is like I go out and I'll tweet stuff like, oh, where do you want to see Sean Russell? Who do you want to yeah. see Sean Russell? And you're like, Nick, 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 you're building this up. You're getting everybody too excited. But then you turn around and you're like, hey, maybe SummerSlam next year with Sami Zayn. And that seems like a way bigger tease than anything that I've done. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but it's not like a full, but like I'm talking about one match. You I don't know, know, like, it's yeah. A match and then it's Escobar, right? He also wants a match with you. You seem open to that. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm open to a lot of things. Like, I mean, whichever one actually comes to fruition, you know, like, I mean, we'll yeah. see. Right. So, I mean, I'm happy. Look, I had a great match with him. Like I've, I've mentioned it before. It was my last, you know, when I talked to Sean Rassap last week. Right. Um, you know, it was probably the last great singles match I had was with him. You yeah. know, and and I would love to, man. And, that, and I'm real grateful to, to him. Man. He's always been very respectful and always talked very highly of me and put me over, you know, said very nice things about me. It feels good. Hey, he got that ro he got that Logan Paul rub, man, and that's like the hottest thing right now going right now. I don't know if you caught any of that Triller stuff with Ric Flair calling slap fights, but I just couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't do it, man. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. <laughs> um, well, there's a couple guys maybe as you I don't know. We don't know where you're gonna come back. Maybe it's NXT wherever, but yeah, you come back and do some indie shows, uh, some big talents uh were just released this past week. Let me go down the list here real quick and you can give us some of your thoughts. Uh WWE came to the terms, uh, came to terms with Samoa Joe, yes, Bill Pey Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Kalisto, Chelsea Green, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Mojo Raleigh, and Tucker. Uh, of those names, uh, who most surprised you? I'm guessing Joe, right? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. You yeah. know, um, and you know, I probably read the same things that, uh, a lot of people like that you've read and a lot of people that are listening and watching right now read, you know, like what possible reasons they could have had for, for, you know, coming to terms with Joe. So, um, you know, people are bummed out. I am too. Uh, but the thing is, is it's, this is Samoa Joe, man. Like he's a main eventer anywhere as far as I'm concerned. Right. And, um, and it just opens up so many great possibilities, man. Like all the different, you know, uh, Samoa Joe versus this guy, Samoa Joe, versus, you know, just, it's just, you know, he, he, I'm looking forward to seeing where he, where he ends up, man. And, and, and having, what do you think? Yeah, well, having been in like a position yourself where you know what it's like to be a hot eight, hot free agent on the market, you know, you're, you're listening to people. A lot of people say, well, Samoa Joe, he's like a layup for AEW, right? Um, do you think that, that maybe there's a worry he gets lost in the shuffle there. Would you maybe look at like a ring of honor, like a return there? I feel like he'd be, you know, obviously the biggest fish in that pond. I could see, I could see any of uh, like, I could see ROH. Well, he has a history with ROH and, and impact even, you know, um, I guess it just depends on, you know, what they're offering. You know, the th here's the thing. They, they release like, uh, 10 people, a dozen people or whatever all at once. Like some people might think, well, 
put a glut of talent on the market, but there's not a glut of talent like Samoa Joe on the market, no matter how many people get released. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, it's like, that's the thing that was, I just wonder about with a Joe. Cause like, we've seen a lot of talent kind of cycle over to AEW, recently, yes. you know? And one of the things that uh, was a big thing about Joe and his release was CM Punk jumping in there, making some noise about how, you know, the WWE, I guess, was foolish to have ever given them any money or whatever was the joke that they were making, you uh -huh. know? Um, but Punk is flirting with, you know, you know, he's talking to Uprox. He said maybe a Kenny Omega match. You know, if the money was right, maybe him and Triple H could have a match. I mean, Samoa Joe, CM Punk, that's a marquee, I mean, sellout match pretty much anywhere you put it. You know, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, whatever, you know? I think so, right? I mean, I think that they could sell out an arena with that, for sure. Totally, totally. And, On you know, what do you, what do you think about, you know, we get to some of these other names here in just a second, but what do you think about CM Punk, like, poking the bear more? He seems to be making more and more noise around pro wrestling. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and he was... A lot of guys have said, never, never coming back. Like, uh, and he was one of those guys that was very adamant, right? And just, you know, um, a lot of people have said things like that, you know? I mean, Glenn Danzig said the Misfits were never going to get back together, you know? So, you know, um, I'm still holding my breath waiting for for, for Punk to, to get back in the ring. Because, like, I was one of those guys that said, don't worry, he'll come back. And it's been a while. If I was holding my breath, I'd be dead by now. But still, you know, like, I still see him coming back. You seem like a guy he'd have a lot of reverence for. I mean, obviously, the money was right. I'm sure you'd, you'd love to have a match with CM Punk, right? As long as, you know, um, as, as long as I was able to hold up my end of it, you know? And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I will be able to. But, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not through my physical therapy yet. I haven't gotten the, the uh, okay from my surgeon. Sure. So, like, I'm just taking it one day at a time, you know? I'm thinking about the future, but, you know, I don't want to project too far in advance. But, you know, um, Punk and I have some things in common, but uh, also, you know, I mean, he's straight edge and I was kind of not. <laughs> so, I mean, there's that. <laughs> but he, you know what? He never seemed very judgmental about any of that. Whenever we, you know, talk, I've always been very cool with him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then you're straight edge now as well. So like, well, I mean, I don't know. Like uh, I consider yes, pretty I much straight edge. hundred percent. Um, well, like a lot of people really upset too with Billy Kay and Peyton Royce being released, but there was just a lot of unhappiness about the way they were being treated in general. Like yeah. I think it's highway robbery that Billy Kay got released. She's taken every <sighs> moment, any time she's been given and like, like kind of dumb stuff too. And absolutely made it work. She's the kind of person I thought that would be there for another 10 years, you know? You would think. You would think. And, you know, I don't want to get too much into the rumors I heard about, you know, um, who was behind her release or whatever, but it's just, it's just disappointing. Well, you, you know, know, but why, what, what's kind of the mindset and why it didn't work out there for her? Can you enlighten us a little bit? Because I think a lot of people are still really confused about, you know. You know, I, you hear things and you read things, and, like, I don't want to – you know, I heard there was a problem with the accent or I just, when I hear things like that, Nick, it's just like, Oh, it's so freaking cringe, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost, it's like going back to Joe, like, Oh, he's not in shape or the fuck. He's not, you know, like I know guys with sit, 
six or eight pack of abs shredded. Their tongues hanging on the ground after they walk three flights of stairs. And then you got guys like Joe who may not have that, you know, that look that people uh, think of when they think of an athlete, but he's a better athlete than just about anybody. He can probably go an hour in the ring with, with barely breaking a sweat. I mean, so like the people's idea of what's in shape and what's not in shape, it's just, it's, it's really misguided. One of the, one of the names I was really surprised by was Bo Dallas, just because like, I mean, what happened here with this guy? He just disappeared like, a year and a half, two years ago, you know, and it seems it would have seemed like, uh, you know, an easy thing to have paired him with Bray, yes. you know, because they even kind of look the same. You get the yeah. real history, bring him into that kind of dark place. It's just, I don't know, man, just weird. Man, it was just one of them things where he just got lost in the shuffle, Nick. See, here's the thing. I saw, I saw how, how Bo was used down in NXT or such F- FCW. Yeah. Uh, like he was a, he was the champ down there for a minute. I, yeah. You know, and he was a really good baby face yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Really good baby face. Like it's hard to be a good white meat baby face these days. And he was really good at it. Uh, you know, man, it just something happened. You know, when people make that move from NXT to the main roster, something happens with, with a lot of people, Do you, you know, or yeah. something doesn't happen with a lot of people. Maybe I said that wrong. Do you, do you kind of, uh, ever think about the day where maybe Hunter is able to be the bridge between NXT and the main roster fully? Because it seems like he has an idea long term for a lot of these talents that he's building up. That yeah. if given the chance to tell those stories over on Raw or SmackDown, would you know probably be pretty good at it. Yeah, but it's just tough when you have like when you know it would be nice if if his vision and the vision of who's in charge of the main roster, we're somewhat on the same page. Hey, so I've been trying to cut down on carbs, sugar, unhealthy foods, and realize I basically can't eat anything anymore, man. Yes, I know. I mean, it's really like that. You're getting ready for a big in-ring return. You got to be in in prime shape right now. Yeah, and and I like to to eat healthy. I like to eat clean. Yep. Uh, I like to keep my carbs to a minimum. And... uh, um, we have Magic Spoon. Yeah, man, Magic Spoon. I, I love this. It's a it's a great cereal. They sent us the variety pack, which is what we're going to get to the promo yes. here in a second. But I mean, you got the fruity cereal, the frosted cereal, the peanut butter, peanut chocolate. butter. Yeah, dude. They that's the thing is they they told us when they sent us the cereal, they're like mix the chocolate and the peanut butter, make yourself a little peanut butter cup cereal, dude. That's I still haven't tried that one yet. Dude, it's so good. But that's the thing is, like, we've had a chance to actually try this. And, like, you hear this and you're like, okay, it's got zero grams of sugar. It's 13 to 14 grams of protein, right? Keto-friendly, yep. gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free. That's the, that the, the, the impressive part is, like, for a bowl of cereal to have 13 to 14 grams of protein, that's that's insane, man. Um, yep. That's a lot of protein. And, there's like you said, zero grams of sugar and, like, only 140 calories per serving. Yeah, man. And that's the thing. And so like you hear all this stuff, right? And you're like, uh, oh, health food stuff, right? Health food stuff is weird and not always tastes good. I mean, we can both vouch, Sean. This is like a really delicious, guilt-free cereal for adults. I mean, this is really good stuff. Yeah, but regardless, it still feels like I'm doing something wrong when I eat it. 
I know. Like, I, know. I mean, oh, like, oh, like, I can't believe I'm, you know, I'm, it feels like I'm having a cheat meal or something. Right. You know? Honestly. But, but you're, you shouldn't feel that way, Sean. You shouldn't feel guilty. That's the whole point of this. It's a guilt free cereal magic spoon you get to eat this thing yeah, you know well, I'm, i think i'm over it nick uh because i love magic spoon man like uh it's the best uh like honestly if they weren't sponsors after being turned on to it i'd be ordering it you know well like, yeah well <laughs> for sure man there's always time to order more and that's the thing is we've got a, a great promo code for anybody out there who's listening and they want to try magic spoon like you did you loved it sean yes so, like, if you want to try Magic Spoon, I highly recommend it. Uh, go to magicspoon.com slash PRO to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code PRO at checkout to save $5 off your order. Yeah, and, and look, Magic Spoon's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, They'll refund your money, no questions asked. I was literally told if you open it and you try it and you don't like it, you can pour it back into the box in anger, slap a sticker on it, shoot it to UPS, and they will give you your money back, Sean. Okay. Yeah, but guess what? What? I wouldn't be wanting my money back because, no. like, like, honestly, that variety pack uh, would be gone uh, within two days, two or three days. Yeah. I know that seems ridiculous. But I go through a lot of food. I eat like a horse, Nick. It's insane how much I eat. People look at me and they go, I can't believe you eat that much. You're not yeah. fat. Yeah, I know. Well, you're a very good hey. shape. You're a magic spoon. Yeah. yeah, so remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash P-R-O. And use the, com- use, the co- use the promo code P-R-O to save $5 off your order. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Yes, Magic Spoon. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. Joining me right now, uh, I don't think he needs any introduction. Let's be honest with you. Carl O'Reilly. What's up, man? What's up, Sean? Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, man. I've been I've been wanting to have you on since uh, I was doing my other show. Uh, oh, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, you know, uh, things happen and I quit doing the show for a while. And so um, it's, you know, as soon as I started this version of it, uh, you're like one of the people on my list. So, and I'm so stoked to see you reach out, man. So oh, yeah, happy to get to chat with you. You know how it goes when, when you're signed by WWE, like um, yeah. they're big on not keeping like groups together when they bring, you know what I mean? So I like, I'm a little surprised you guys got to be that group. I am too. WWE. I'm very surprised. Uh, There was a time where the three of us, Adam, Bobby, and myself, for a short cup of coffee, were all paired together in ROH. And it was just kind of to set up an angle where Adam would turn on me again and and we'd feud again. Mm -hmm. But during that time, we were like going to the office, like, can we keep this for a while? Like, this feels right. Like, at least let us get a run of merchandise or something because this this is working well. Uh, of course, that's not how it would work out. But then when Hunter would come up to us and pitch that idea of putting us all together, we were like, are you kidding me? This is yes. this is going to work, I think. Yeah. Hey, man, talk about that, um, about, uh, you know, the work environment in NXT and, mm-hmm. you know, just you guys being able to do your thing and be yourselves there. It's a super, I, I want to say relaxed, but it's 
I mean, it couldn't be further from relaxed because you right. so much pressure and hype on everything to make it all work and just you want it to be successful. So you're trying your ass off, but it's relaxed in the sense of like, no, just go and do your thing, be yourselves and, and have fun. And so that's what we, would, we did and, and it ended up working. But the whole environment in NXT, man, like, I know I sound like I'm blowing smoke, but the, I've become such a better performer in these last three and a half, four years since being there. I've learned yeah. so much. And the guy, like guys like yourself coming down for a week at the performance center and sitting in, in class with, with Sean and us, like those are the things that are invaluable that I never would have picked up if I'd stayed on the Indies or just stayed in Japan or gone anywhere else. I feel like I'm a much more polished performer now having been in NXT under, you know, this group, everybody there, like all the workers are great producers, the agents, coaches, they're all awesome. And uh, yeah. yeah, it sounds like I'm telling the company line, but it's, it's, yeah, but no, it's yeah. true. It's, it's, it's really, it's a yeah. really cool thing to see when you go down there. Like the first time I went down there, I was like in heaven, man. Like I was high. Like I was like, I felt high being there. It's a crazy, you know? yeah. yeah. Hungry. And it's like, it, there's a competitive uh, nature in there. Not like, trying to actually hurt each other, but everybody wants to have the best performance and, and obviously work for the benefit of the show and not go out there and go 10 extra minutes with a hundred falsies, but play within your role and play the role yeah. that, that the company wants you to play. That's one of the things that you learn. Like this isn't, I'm playing a character on a show. My sister would get mad. She's like, Oh, you're losing again. I'm like, Kelly, I'm, I'm playing a character on a show. This is someone else's vision. Like I'm, I'm happy to be, have a role just on the show is, something that I've dreamed about. Like, so yeah. that's, I think is important to remember. Hey Kyle, can, can you talk about, um, so, cause you were considered an excellent in ring performer before you ever got to NXT. Right. Um, uh, but you know, when, when you, when you get there, like, and you realize the things that you, you didn't know, mm -hmm. right. Like, can you speak to that? And, sure. and like, what, what's different? And like pre NXT Kyle O'Reilly and now that you've been there a while and the things you picked up and the things that, that you've improved, like, you know, in your game. Yeah. I think in there. one of the biggest things I learned uh, coming in, especially as like a, a smaller sized heel faction was the, the concept of flip flop and fly. I'm sure you're well aware. Like of you, course. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Cause Hunter and Sean would reference you guys all the time and Vince would call you guys wiener dogs, wiener dog. Em. And like, we're mm -hmm. like, you guys play that role of a bunch of uh, dachshunds just biting at people's ankles. But when it's time to turn it around and you give that baby face the comeback, you are all over the place. You're like, that's one of the, the things that I picked up the most selling, like, you know, Flair did it so well too, just yep. feeding. And that's yeah. that became my favorite thing to do. In, biz, in, in the wrestling business is to be a heel tag team and to, to feed for a, the big comeback, man. Like th that's when you can get so creative and think of different things you can do. That's when you get that crowd to, to, oh. to go up to the next level, right? And the reactions, yeah. right? Exactly. If you get a good heel, yeah. a nice, you know, dramatic tag and you finally make the tag and, you, and then the heels are just bumping all over sweet yeah. creation. That is, I think, my favorite thing uh, to do. And I was watching, I, I, sorry, man. Sometimes I get bad about it. No, go ahead, man. Get a thought. I was watching uh, the Stone Cold sessions with mm -hmm. with um, with Austin and Jericho last mm -hmm. night, and Jericho says, "Man, I got to WWE. I hadn't I had never heard of bumping and feeding. I didn't even know what that was." Right? Isn't that wild? Yeah, and it's true. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so 
in WCW, would you just like, okay, I'll blow a comeback on you? And it's like, well, what the hell is that? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Man. Um, you know what I want to do? I'm gonna, I want to jump to um, talking about your, your match at TakeOver. Sure. Wow, man. Wow. Well, actually, you know what? We need to talk about the breakup first. Yeah. Actually. You yeah. know, who, who, who decided and why? Uh, that it was time to end uh, UE. So I don't know. Is this how candid should I get here? I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah do your thing, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, so yeah, it, it it goes to show how much trust they have in us as performers. Because um, it started with just, can you guys come in Sunday and we'll kind of have a booking meeting and you guys can pitch ideas for what's next and. That's what's been great about the entire writing staff there and the powers that be. Like they want to hear our opinion and, and run things by us and get our suggestions. And this booking meeting turned into, all right, well, I guess we'll like, it was not the plan that coming in, we'll, we'll blend these guys up and we'll, we'll let them down easy and tell them we're splitting them up. It had nothing to do with like, like an executive decision. This has to happen. Like it was a, a true collaboration in the sense of, okay, well then if we're doing this, we got to do it tonight. This is the pay-per-view. We're going to maximize the opportunity and get the most people to tune in Wednesday to see why, what happened and uh, create more questions. I mean, that's how you want to end a show, like a big pay-per-view yeah. show, right? Something crazy like that happens and what the UE, what? So I think that's, it's kind of crazy how it all happens so fast and so suddenly. And then literally within hours of like, what the this is happening? Oh my God. And it, it does suck because, I mean, this has been the best thing that's ever happened to me in my career is, is this group with these guys and had the most fun and I've learned so much and I've become a better performer. Yes. But just because like we split up now, it just makes the eventual reunion even a bigger deal, right? Sure. So, well, I remember when they when they broke DX up for the first time, right? And like, yeah. oh my God. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, oh no. And you uh, guys, hey man, Let's be honest. You guys ran rough shot the whole yeah. time, man. You oh, were running was, things around there. It was. It's been pretty. We've been very lucky and very yeah. blessed that they've had so much faith in us to be able to to pull that off and to to book us so strongly and so well. Like I'm extremely thankful for everything that we've done as the UE. And uh, you know, it's not over at all by any means. Like eventually it'll happen. But and then it's just a cool opportunity for me and Adam to now fight each other and, and to do yeah. one together we've we fought more way more times than we've ever teamed up all over the world right so it's a cool opportunity to show that side of us and what we can do as as uh, opponents as opposed to you know teammates now so it's it's rare and it's cool but yeah as far as what's next and what's happening with bobby and Rob, i have honestly have no idea where, where yeah. it's all going to play out in the end so it's but I'm but curious. would you kyle and i know man um there's that you get in that comfort zone right and it's just it's such a good feeling right yeah. like being with your with your oh, boys I'm... like that being able to you know um being able to do that on tv i feel uh, like if I would just come in as a singles guy without that group i wouldn't i wouldn't be nearly as successful right now and, and, man, and you did a great job of of being part of the team man yeah. and and like uh adam was a great leader yeah and um, did you ever feel like during that time, was there ever any feelings like, man, I wonder how I would do as a, a singles guy? Like, did you ever feel that? Or were you just happy to be uh, in the group? Yeah, and I, I, love tag good stuff? I really do. I love being a tag guy. 
and uh, tag, I tagged with Bobby and Roddy um, and I think was a, a competent partner in both teams and we put on some really good tag matches. So I was happy to play that role, man. Um, of course, like you always want, like, you know, want to have more opportunities and, and have a single, like a, a singles run, of course, uh, I definitely was in the back of my mind, but I, I knew like, this is the role I, I'm going to play. And it's cool to, to show my versatility as well. I mean, yeah. like show that I'm a, a top tier tag team wrestler, but also I can hang in, on the singles front. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. And, um, but like you said, it, it was definitely jumping into the deep end because now I don't have that, that safety net of those guys knowing that they can pick me up if I flub right. something. You know, this is all on me now. Um, yeah. and so that's, it's, it's definitely nerve wracking and, and I'm certainly anxious. Uh, but it's it's a cool chance to to evolve this character and to grow as a performer and to grow as a character and try something new and I don't know, see what works and see what doesn't. I mean that's wrestling's all about taking risks and and changing this stuff up is just as, as big a risk as you know a dive off the top in my opinion. Oh yeah, and here's the thing, man. Uh, it was time. I mean, just yeah. from my from my point of from my perspective, sitting back and watching, man, I've been wondering for a while. Because man, I've known like that you had this in you since since I was coming to Orlando, the performance center, man. Like it was obvious. Uh and um I appreciate so that. man, yeah, it was just time, man. And uh but the thing is I mean, three and a half years as a group, that's a rare thing in WWE, like to be oh, together yeah. that long. So I, I'm I'm stoked that we even got to have that that decent of a run, right? Oh, for sure. For sure, man. Um oh shit. So then, then you guys have this match at Takeover, mm-hmm. and like, how do we decide that that we're gonna do? A, not we. I wasn't in the freaking match. How did you decide that uh, it was gonna be this unsanctioned? Like, you know, anything goes. I think the uh, idea, match. from like a storyline perspective, is that Adam took me out, injured my neck, and I was yeah. I wasn't medically cleared to compete in time for Takeover. So WWE washes their hands of it. We sign a undisclosed or a unsanctioned contract so that whatever happens, me competing, being with an injury that you know, they can't face any legal repercussions, I guess. So I guess from a a storyline standpoint, I think that makes it cool. Um, Although, you know, it's hard to go in the first match straight to the, like an unsanctioned street fight, no DQ type of match. Yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. Match, right? You build up and grow from there, and then eventually you get to the unsanctioned stuff. So that kind of that's a little challenging. I don't I don't know if we'll continue this or now if we have to go back to wrestling normal matches or what. But uh, yeah, who knows? You know what I liked about this match? Well, I liked it. I liked everything about this match. But one of the cool things about it was, um, you know, like even though there were weapons involved or whatnot, like you still got some wrestling in. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Like I, when you, the double wrist lock thing that you did yeah. on him, like in early on, man, I was like, that's those are my weapons. Those are the tools that Kyle O'Reilly would use to, to hurt someone. So why wouldn't I use it in this setting? Right? Like if I got never got into a street fight for real with someone, I'd probably try and grab a double wrist lock. <laughs> sure. Sure. Hey man. And, and I'm kind of going backwards a little bit here, but, oh, um, but, uh, at what point did you decide you weren't going to be a high flyer? Did you ever do it? Sure, yeah. I yeah. Uh, did quite a bit. I just wasn't good at it. Like, it didn't look right. Plus, everyone's doing it. Exactly. Everyone's doing it. How do you stand out when yeah. there was a time when I did, like, a? I would even do a 450. 
but it was like my flare bump. I would miss it every time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I would just like, but then I was just messing up my elbows and it just looked like a barely getting over or dive. I'm like, I need, you need to let people who are good at what they do, do what they do. Not try to wear too many hats. I don't want to be the guy who strikes that does shoot style wrestling, but also high fly. Like you got right. like, stick, stick in your lane, right? Like you, you see a lot of dudes who are, you know, they do all like the crazy high flying stuff, but they also want to be a power lifter guy and deadlift suplex dudes. It's like, sure. well, what is the strong guy a lot going to do? Yeah. Because he can't flip like you. So like, it's cool to show off everything you can do. Of course I get that. And we're always trying new stuff and seeing what works and throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah. But I think it's important to like, you find something that you're good at and focus completely on it and make those your, yeah. your very dangerous tools. Yeah. Cool. I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch on that before we get yeah. like, now let's get back to the match. Sure. Uh, hey, did you get hurt? Did you guys get hurt in that match? Just regular like soreness, you know, big match. Yeah. One thing, so I will say this, since it's the year of the pandemic and everything's crazy and we're hardly working now yeah. and the matches are fewer and far in between, like I feel we're not as calloused and that like a regular match bangs me up a lot more than it would be if we were working mm-hmm. all shows regularly and, and TV like multiple times a week. Like it was kind of easy then, but on the other hand, we've had so much time off that all those nagging sort of injuries have sort of healed. And so I feel better, but after a match, I'm, does that make sense? Like, Oh, a, for sure. Yeah. Oh, damn right. It does. Yeah. Oh yeah. And what about like, like doing all that brutal stuff in front of like, okay. I mean, there were people there, Kyle, but you you know, it's just not the same when there's not, you know, thousands of people there. Everything hurts more. Right. Certainly. Certainly. Uh, And there was even, I think way more people than there's been in the last year. I mean, the, the takeover where I wrestled Finn, I think there was only maybe 40 people there. So it's, it's definitely different and it's unique, but it's kind of cool too. Like for my, a guy that does my style where there's a lot of like physical contact and uh, yeah. like you can kind of hear those things connect a little better and the physicality seems a little more brutal and a little more real. Yeah. And you know, we're wrestling for the cameras anyways. Like that's kind of the idea. So sure, uh, make it sure. work. But, but was, was there enough people in there for you to judge the reactions you were getting to know like, okay, this is working, this isn't. Okay, we should come up out of this a little bit faster. Oh, let's slow down a little bit. Yeah, definitely always still listening to the people and the reaction, but there's kind of like a mix of like a pumped in crowd noise and oh, yeah. crowd noise. Yeah. So like what you what it, go? No, like it's kind of hard, but they do such a good job of like communicating to us through the refs. The refs yeah. are giving us so much help in time cues and positioning and all right, pick it up, pick it up. Like they're, they're telling us too, like cause the guys in the back obviously have their vision of things and they yeah. more often than not are hundred percent right. So uh, they do a good job of communicating with us. What, what should be done. I'm going, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that Sean Michaels produced that match. He definitely had a, a huge role to play. No? John, uh, our actual producer was Terry Taylor. Oh, okay. Uh, that well, Sean and Hunter both are so hands-on with, pretty much everything we're doing they're basically producing it anyways with a ton yeah. of help and suggestions and their insight is always so creative and so helpful that like oh this is amazing i'm getting input from sean michaels about sure what to do in my mash like it's yeah so crazy to hey me. but hey man i learned so much from terry taylor you would not believe it he was the yeah. first guy that i i worked with on the road on my I've first set of house shows he yep. was incredible, man. He's a great He's mind. For business. And oh, he, cares. Yeah. he really cares about the integrity of the business. Like he wants it to, to look as believable and as, as well done as possible. So you, you can't yeah. take it away 
away from him at all. Okay, everyone. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the show. Well, actually, they're all like, anyways, one of y'all's favorite parts of the show, I should say. Uh, this is the segment where we bring somebody in, uh, wrestling journalist, last uh, media personality, uh, maybe even someone else sometime, uh, to talk about one of the moments or matches or, or just, you know, uh, significant occurrences in my career over the past. And um, so I'm really happy to have uh, Denise Salcedo. You all, I guarantee you, most of you all know who Denise Salcedo is. She was my co-host. Hey, Sean. a long time. Thank you, Denise. I'm so happy to be talking to you. I'm so I proud know. of you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, honestly, like I really have you to thank because as you know, I got my myself started on your podcast with you. You know, we were on there, you know, doing it for a couple of years. And it was just like, that's really where I got my feet wet in the wrestling podcast world. So it's sort of excited to be back on here. I'm excited to see, you know, everything that you've been doing with, with the show. So I'm excited to come chat with you some more again. Yes. Yeah. What do you want to talk to me about, Denise? All right. So when I had this opportunity, I started thinking to myself, what should we get into? So I actually want to talk about WCW Fall Brawl 1997, Team WCW, the Four Horsemen, versus Team NWO. And I got to say, I'm pretty excited to talk, chat about this with you here today. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, like when I found out that's what you wanted to talk to me about, I was like, oh, yeah. There's like good story behind that, actually. Oh, okay. Well, then here we go. Yeah. I'm excited. I'll just go ahead and jump right in. So I kind of want to ask you a couple of back, uh, uh, rewind a little bit because it kind of pertains to everything once we actually get into the War Games match. But right. rewinding a little bit, you know, ahead of the War Games match itself, you had been feuding with Ric Flair for a couple of months. So I kind of want to get an idea of when it was decided that this would be the War Games match, given that the participants weren't announced until I think the week prior. Yes. Well, you, um, I'm not sure if you know this, Denise, but, um, um, the main, like, do you remember the, the parody we did? Oh the, yeah. The I Horseman remember. parody. Yeah. Well, uh, after we did that, they had to change the, the main event for fall brawl. They changed like everything around. And that's why, um, you know, that's why uh, we were in there with the horsemen like that. Yeah. So, did you know that? No, I, I kind of had a, I just didn't know like if exactly like when was the moment that yeah. it was going to actually make the actual match itself. Because obviously, you know, everything that happened with the parody and all of, you know, the stories that I've heard surrounding that, yeah. it is like very interesting to see how this actually came about for you. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, um, did I don't know if you, if you saw any of my, conversation with rick flair with nate uh from the first you know from the debut episode but we talked about that a little bit and uh it was just man that was so heavy people like in that area of the country like people were dead serious about their four horsemen like i mean you would not believe uh, and so uh once we did that once we like desecrated uh arn anderson's retirement speech like that um like there was actually like they were supposed to come out after that and they wouldn't even come out and i get it i understand why like um like that was really heavy what we did um and 
for them to not have come out like while we were doing it, uh, but then come out afterwards, like I, eh, I kind so I kind of get it. Like I would like. You think you'd see things differently in hindsight? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I just try to look at things from other people's perspective or points of view. You know. Exactly, exactly. So I kind of want to, you know, before also too, here's the thing is that obviously, you know, Ric Flair gave you a lot, you know, during those couple of months during that during that time oh, yeah. that you guys were feuding, but a month before before war games itself at Road Wild, you actually, uh, Ric Flair defeated you on a one on one match, but he yeah. didn't defeat you with a clean finish. So I wanted to ask, heading into war games, what did it mean to you to sort of have uh, this credibility that you got off of that one on one match with Ric Flair again? Wow. considering that he didn't he didn't pin you cleanly right well and, and you know like here's the thing about that denise um like at the time like there was like serious tension there you know like there wasn't just eh, everything's just a work like there like there was like authentic feelings involved um and like i was you know operating under this impression that they were trying to hold me down and you know uh, not want me up in the main events with them or how, whatever, right? Poor me. So, um, uh, and going into Road Wild uh, with Nate, which uh, we talked about this, and like, I wish we wouldn't have had, I wish I wouldn't have had my big singles match with, with Rick at Road Wild. It was just like the worst place ever for me to have like a big singles match with Nature Boy Rick Flair. Right. Uh, but that being said, there's nothing I could do about it. Um, but, like going into it, I was like lobbying big time how like he should put me over, you know, Nature Boy Rick Flair should put me over, and uh, so then when that wasn't gonna happen, uh, you know, I was like, oh, uh, you know, uh, you know what he did? I went for the Bronco Buster. He put his yes foot up and caught me in the balls, and then he pinned me. <laughs> like so, you know, the ball thing was fine. But he still should have got me in the figure four, you know, because that would have gotten much, at least in most places. Like, I don't know about uh, Sturgis Road Wild setting, but like if we were in, you know, any other arena in the in the country, like people would have really went. For, they would have they would have popped huge for the figure four. Right. Exactly. But, um, exactly. Yeah. But no, I had to get had him like put his, you know, kick me in the balls and, you know, catch a quick one on me. It was pretty lame, actually, looking back. But it I think like in a way it did add to, you know, to your okay. ability. Like for me, like that's how I see it. Like from a viewer's perspective, that's how I was like, I wonder if Sean sees it that way, but so maybe not. No, I did. I did at the time, but yeah. now just like looking back, like, you know, um, I feel bad about a lot of things. Maybe I shouldn't feel quite so bad about that. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So now let's right. go ahead and dive into the actual War Games match itself. I kind of want to get your initial thoughts on how what you thought when they said, okay, this is going to be the War Games match. You're in it. This is what's happening. What were your initial thoughts on all of that? Uh, well, we... I guess we were happy, you know, like, I mean, because whatever we just did... Uh, cause them to have to change the whole main event of the of the next you know of the next pay per view. So um, that just meant whatever we did worked. And uh, um, you know I don't if I'm to be honest, Denise, like I don't remember exactly what I was thinking. You know um, uh, during that you know at the moment, right? But um, I know I was really looking forward 
to getting in there and having a, a war games match because um, there, like, there's been some really good war games matches, and then like early on, there were some really bad ones where they just got in there and they were just like doing whatever, you know, like there was not much of a structure to it, and um, so I was excited to do some cool shit in there, and and I don't know, if, did you see the match? I did. Oh yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, I got to do I've some I've seen it a couple cool of stuff. times now, but I, you know, as a refresher ahead of this, I was watching yeah. it again, and that's why this is why I wanted to ask you because obviously, like, you know, you're going into the structure, but not only that, I feel like, and you can obviously elaborate on this more. I feel like when you have the two rings, I feel like every guy is different. Where I know some guys, their mentality is, "Hey, there's two rings. I'm gonna stick to one ring and only do the work in the one ring." Or there's other guys where like. I'm going to get creative and I'm going to use two rings. Now I kind of want to get your mentality, like going into that, like thinking like, especially that you're the guy that is going out there and bumping like crazy yeah. in this much in this match. What was your mentality having to, you know, whether or not you felt you had to adjust to the two rings? No, it was fine. I was just, I like that part was, was great. Um, matter of fact, it doesn't feel like a real war games when it's not too, you know, like I actually need the, the roof on the cage too. Like that's, that's real war games to me. So, oh, I know. Uh, I remember, I remember your thoughts on that with the actual yeah. the roof and the no roof and all of that. Yeah. Um, but so anyways, I was really excited to get in there and show everybody all the cool shit you could do in a war games match, you know, like all like, like getting run into this to the cage and, you know, like, um, and I had a really cool uh, exchange with Mongo in there. Mongo came in and people, you know, he was rough around the edges in there, you know, um, not going to say any different, but people really liked him in spite of, you know, a lot of things uh, and because he was so authentic and, uh, and they knew he was tough, you know, um, and, That's what I heard. I heard everybody has a Mongo story, that he was a very oh, like yeah. person and everybody has a Mongo story. Oh, yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> uh, he was so crazy, though. Uh, but um, so I did some really cool stuff in there with him where I had him, like, shoot me in and, and give me the big high belly bump to where, what you know, I actually hit the hit. cage. Oh, yeah, Nick, uh, it, worked, it worked very well, Denise. The people well, see, really liked it. That's what I'm curious about, because again, you were that guy that went in there and not only were you bumping left and right, you were bumping up and down top to yeah. bottom, you know, like every yeah. time, like even when the camera wasn't on you, if you heard like something hit the cage, it was like, bam, you know, for a fact yeah. that that was Sean. So that's my question for you. You know, usually the guys that kick off the war games match, they're usually the guys that can, you know, are the best workers. So in yes. kind of looking back, does it kind of surprise you that it started off you know, with Buff Bagwell and Benoit instead of maybe you kicking it off? Because when I'm looking at that, I'm wondering, like, why didn't Sean get, get this match started? No, no, no. I was That was by design because, you know, um, uh, the proper way of doing it is is, uh, um, is the, the baby faces are in jeopardy, right? Because they always lose the coin toss. So it always starts off with, you know, one-on-one. -on -one, and then, you know, once the time, the buzzer hap, you know, goes off, then the next person comes in and, you know, it's always, like I said, the heel team wins the coin toss. So I was next coming in. Right. Right. Yeah. So no, that was perfect. Cause I did some really cool stuff with Benoit in there that got, that got some really good reactions. So um, yeah. So no, that was, it was, it was by design. 
Did you feel like once you got into the actual structure itself that perhaps the roof was the ceiling was a little too low or did do you feel like they could have been adjusted a little higher? Did you like the length? How was all of that? It was perfect. Yeah, like however like yeah, no, it was it was just the right height. Especially yeah. to do the stuff I wanted to do in there. Yeah, and it's that's what it even came off perfectly. Like when Mongo tossed you up to the to, to the top portion of the ceiling, yeah. like it was perfect. Like you hit it, bam, you have that moment, and bam, you go straight down. So that was really cool to see. So you know, we kind of touched a little bit on you know the parody of Arn Anderson and all yeah. of that that went down. So kind of going into this match and given the heat that the Arn Anderson parody caused, you know, heading into War Games. Did you think that there would be any receipts given or had that already been smoothed out ahead of this match? No, I mean, there, nothing was really smoothed out. You know, I mean, it was talked about, but nothing, I don't, it, nothing felt very smooth to me. Uh, but once you're in there, like, no, there was never a thought of, oh my God, I hope I don't get potatoed in there. Try, you know, you know, no, because like, honestly, like I potatoed the shit out of people in there, you know, like, and so, like, if I got a few a few spuds from somebody, I wouldn't know whether it was supposedly a receipt or just we were working snug. You know, like, I, I never cared about that. Like, you could knock the fuck out of me, Denise. Like, never, uh, like, every at any night. point in your career, you never worried about that. And I know that I'm never. just talking about war games, but I am curious because I feel like that's something that maybe some guys might be afraid of. Once I'm out there, no, never. Nope. Wow, wow. Even, okay, if, even, if, even if something like that might have went through my mind, like, the night before, but... Like once I like walk out through the curtain, it's a whole different person. That's interesting. Okay. So, you know, again, here's the thing though, you know, you mentioned the fact that, you know, we're in, you know, North Carolina horseman country. So when you found out the finish, what were your thoughts on that? And in hindsight, do you think that the horsemen should have gotten their heat back by beating you guys and maybe riding off Ric Flair on nitro the next night perhaps because you know if you think about it they never got their heat back no they didn't uh and yeah that um yeah for, okay but first let me um um say that again sorry i can't so, believe i just had this huge brain no, part cool. people so like do you think, like, looking back at that finish, do you think yeah. that it was the proper way to do it? And, and I know that they were, you know, trying to write off yeah. the player, but do you think they could have done it separately on Nitro instead of essentially really, really killing, like, never letting them have, never letting them get their heat back whatsoever? Right. Yeah, correct. So, okay, the finish with uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hattie turning on the horseman, it was great stuff. Like, like as far as like the, you know, the execution and like, you know, like it worked, it got a lot of heat and it looked like, it looked like it killed Nate with the, with the, you know, with the door, with the cage door, right? The guillotine spot. Yeah. 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 That was heavy duty stuff. Um, so like, it's just that, yeah, Denise, it really hurt. It really hurt. And so, it might even hurt like because you know i've heard like arn or or nate when when we were talking the other week talk about how that town was dead you know uh ever since like it killed the town and you know i it very well may be true because yeah they didn't get you know we just walked all over those guys uh you know um did the parody shit on the, the retirement speech and just just you know fucking 
Kurt turned on H and they got nothing, nothing. So yeah, I totally get it. Because like, even when I was watching, like rewatching this, I was like, okay, like, let's see you, you know, I get, I completely think that the finish should have, you know, been, you know, that the horsemen at some point should have gotten their heat back. It could have yeah. even worked out differently at war games. Like, I like the fact that you actually actually mentioned the execution because I was a fan of, you know, of Henning turning the way that he still did the guillotine spot, even yeah. after, after Mongo had surrendered. Like, I like all of that. But the fact the lasting implications of what that did to, you know, to to to, to that area, you know, Ric Flair never got the same reaction from, you know, a, when he went back after after that, like, you don't wow. get the same reaction. Yeah, like, I wasn't aware of that. I never thought about that, you know, and and at the time, like, I never thought like I was just, in you know, we were in the moment or like speaking for myself, I was in the moment like I wasn't thinking, oh, how's this going to affect, you know future business or you know yeah. you know are we fucking are we fucking the horsemen doing this like we didn't care you know that's un the unfortunate truth you know and um so yeah it was just um unfortunate for the horsemen yeah i did like the beat down too though that you guys all did on them i thought that was yeah. really cool i mean there was a i mean it was handcuffs hand yes. everyone handcuffed like that was all heavy duty stuff right you had one shoe on at oh, the yeah. end of the match, and you're using the other shoe as a <laughs> weapon. I actually thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Sean, looking back at this, do you think that no blood in this War Games match affected it whatsoever? Do you think that there should have been blood? Nah, nah. I think it was fine without it. What do you think, Denise? Tell me what you honestly think. So I, the reason for me is that I always, the, the ending, I think the ending obviously could have definitely probably used a little bit of color just because, you know, okay. this, this was this, you know, great beatdown. But because of that guillotine spot where, you know, Hennig just closes the, the cage door on Ric Flair, that kind of like put it over. But yeah. I do wonder, like, I don't think that no blood, you know, essentially made it bad or anything, but I do think the blood could have probably added to the extent of the beatdown. Yeah, like think like now you put it that way, Denise. Um, like I'm not sure why we didn't do blood. It wasn't like we were on TV. It was a pay per view. It was at the end of it, right? So right. It wasn't right. like there's was gonna be a bunch of blood splattered all over the freaking <laughs> ring and everything, right? And getting on other people. And the truth is, is man, you don't have to convince Ric Flair to get blood. He'll do it any no. night of the week. So like, yeah, I'm not sure why we didn't do it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Sean, so I, I, I think you mentioned, you know, when we were chatting a little bit on text that you had a interesting backstory on this. Uh, no, I did, that was it. No, okay, that was, that was the backstory? Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, I wasn't sure. I was like, I was like, is there anything different that you wanted to touch on that we didn't touch on here? No, it was just like, it was just that you picked a topic that they're like, it's a There's good story. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. Because yeah. like, even just like with the parody itself, like, I feel like even just like, and I know that we're nowhere focusing on, you know, war games. So this could be a topic for like another time, but you know, just like even everything that you did with Ric Flair and obviously that was discussed already, but like, you know, the parody, even that within itself, just that thing, what alone could be worth like an entire conversation. So right. I guess my last question for you, Sean, on this war games is overall looking back, you know, for you, did it meet your expectations? How do you feel looking back at the match and just like, when you think about the fact that that was, you know, your war games experience, you know, besides like the things that, that we just talked about, you know, like the, the damage it did or whatever, like the actual quality of the match and, and everything. Like I'm, I'm proud of that. 
I'm yeah. part of that because like I said, you know, not all war games matches were good matches. Some of them actually sucked, you know, <laughs> if we're to be honest. Exactly. I didn't think this Don't one sucked. Me, man. <laughs> no, I did not think this one sucked whatsoever. I actually thought that you were the highlight of this match because seriously, Thank like you. you came in there and you were just like, bam, 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 all over the place. And that's really fun to see. I love to see, obviously it's a war games match. You're seeing the cage be utilized and that's what you need to see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hey, Denise. Yes. I, I'm glad, like I said already, I'm glad you picked this topic. I had fun talking about it. Thank you. I did too. I did too. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Denise, what's, what do you have going on right now? Um, so literally, so right now I, um, have a couple shows going on each week. So right now I have shows on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So yeah. pretty much anytime there's a wrestling event going on, it doesn't matter if it's a pay-per-view, a weekly TV show, I'm either on F4W online talking about it with F4W. I cover NXT. I cover AEW Dynamite and SmackDown. And yeah. then I also do AEW post shows with them. And then on uh, Fightful Wrestling, I do my Raw review. And now I'm also doing all major pay-per-views uh, besides AEW with Fightful. So it's kind of been really fun, um, you know, just doing all of those shows. So it's been like literally nonstop each and every single day, which has been a really, really good time. So you're enjoying it then. I'm telling oh, yeah. it. No, That's I'm really awesome. happy because everybody gives me like creative range to just be myself right. and, you know, just go out there, have a good time. Uh, you know, I don't, I, you know, be myself, give my true opinions on yeah. what I think about the product each and every single week for pretty much every show. So it's really fun to kind of go out there and just talk with people about wrestling. It's a good time. And it's, it's fun to listen and watch you do it. Denise, you're a breath of fresh air. Thank so, you. Thank you. So incredibly proud of you. Thank you, Sean. Again, I'm just happy that I got my, I got my start. My start started with you. That's right. I discovered Denise Salcedo. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's game show time. Uh, Tic-tac-toe hold. That's been a big hit, but uh, we're going to retire it for a little bit. And we have a new game show for you guys. It's called Twitter Mania. Um, the contestants are going to be asked to answer some questions about some tweets that went out in the week following WrestleMania. Some will be multiple choice, others true and false, true or false, and some will not feature any options. The winner is the person who has gotten the most correct answers when I decide the game is over. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the contestants now, if I may. First... He's coming to us all the way from St. Louis, Missouri. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Travis Kinder. Travis, hey. thank, thank you, you so much. Me. No, no, no. Thank you. That's a nice <laughs> shirt you got there. Thank you, Jeff the Hitman Hart, $5 wrestling. He's great. <laughs> nice little plug, $5 wrestling. Thank you. High spots. We love high spots. Anyways, all right. Your opponent. You ready to meet your opponent, Travis? I, I am. All right, ladies and gentlemen, he is a stand-up comedian. We love stand-up comedians here on Pro Wrestling for Life, especially if they're from Chi-Town. Chi All right, everybody, make some noise. All the way from Chicago, Illinois, Kevin Kellum. What's up, Kevin? Big intro. On, it was man? me. It was me all along. What's up? What's up, Sean, dude? This is What's pumped, up, dude. I'm pumped. 
I'm going up against Jeff the Hitman Hart or Travis from St. Louis. <laughs> St. Louis, one of Chicago's best suburbs. St. Louis, one of our best suburbs. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a hoot. Yeah. The last time I had a match in St. Louis, I flew into Chicago for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the show on Sajay? Is, do you mean the one where I team with Scott Norton and Buff Bagwell? I was there, yeah. Whoa, wee. Oh, God, don't get me started. <laughs> Bless everyone involves heart. Even myself. <laughs> me. All right. Hey, so I really appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, and I appreciate your patience as that was like take three. I'm trying to do the intro <laughs> to the effing game show. <laughs> it's so, pretty hey, crazy when it's pretty crazy when someone you've been watching on television since you were a little kid just does hang on i gotta get this out of my system <laughs> and i don't even know if it worked <laughs> let's find out <laughs> all right so you guys from do i need to go over the rules with you guys again or could you hear me I, i'm pre- i'm pretty good to go you ready pretty travis simple. i'm good yeah, yeah pretty simple right so okay I guess we'll just get right into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Um, hey, so I, how do we decide who goes first? Hmm. Hmm. I'll just make it up. Okay. All right. Travis, you go first. Yeah, all right. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... <laughs> all right everyone here we go first question okay which wwe superstar took to twitter and revealed that he had to spend twenty thousand dollars for his family to watch him perform at wrestlemania in person okay should we... his own brandy orton wow we didn't even have to give him the multiple choice boom Ding, oh. ding, ding, man. But come on, this guy, this guy probably like mows Randy Orton's lawn. He already knows that. Like, how am I supposed to compete with that? Wow. All right. You just have to get as many right as he does. Come on, man. <laughs> wow. I'm impressed, Travis. Thank you. Impressed. All right. So here we go. Next question. True or false, Kevin? Uh-huh. Vince McMahon tweeted the following at the end of WrestleMania 37, night two. Roman wins, and you all love it. Long live the tribal chief, and long live Paul Heyman. Then, now, together, forever. True or false? I'm going to say false. And you are correct, Kevin. Yes, yes. He would endorse. He wouldn't. He can't be biased like that. He can't. I mean, like, like I would have been that. really disappointed if he would have gotten that wrong. Like, like, like anyone that hears that, no, that's just not something that Vince would tweet ever. <laughs> I we know he likes Roman. All right, <laughs> he oh, doesn't yeah. have to come out and say it like that on the internet. It's all right. <laughs> so okay, you guys. So far, we have a tie score, one to one, neck and neck. So Travis. Here we go, man. Which WWE superstar simply tweeted, be well, and shared a gif of Jim Carrey bowing 
from the final moments of the Truman Show after it was announced he had been released. This one's not multiple choice, is it? No. Dang. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Maybe there was like 10 people that got released. Maybe. Yeah, this is a hard yeah, one. Yeah, those are my choices. And, and uh, I'm only thinking of like the women that got released. Um, mm. Men, some, some, some men were released as well, Travis. Mm. Yeah, I know. I was thinking more of the iconics and whatnot, but that's not them. Um, man, I don't know the answer. Take a guess, bro. I can't even think of any of um. Just, just guess who got released. Think of who got released. Uh, Zach Ryder. That was, that was last year. I don't. I really can't <laughs> think of any of them. <laughs> wrong. Wrong. Travis, man, it hurts. Fuck it. Hey, so Fuck I mixed up the rules. So, Kevin, you want to come in for the steal? Do you know? I'm gonna, who I'm gonna take a shot. I'm gonna say it was Bo Dallas who's been on the shelf. Something makes me think he would do something as simple as just be or be well or something playing off of his name a little bit. But I also think I'm pretty wrong about this because a lot of uh, sad <laughs> things happen and people lost their jobs in one time. So, Kevin, you are correct that you are wrong. Oh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Did you see me shoot my hands? I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh. so you know, um, it was very classy uh, response from Samoa Joe. Oh, yeah, Dang. the incomparable Samoa Joe, yeah. the amazing Samoa Joe, the incredibly talented, uh, the absolutely event, is going to main be anywhere in the anywhere. world. Samoa yeah, Joe. Looking forward to him. It'll be fun to see him out there again before the end of the year. You better ask believe it. So, it's still one-to-one, one, right? One-to-one, one, baby. Come it on, is. St. Louis Blackhawks. Let's go. It's Hawks Blues. All right. All right. So is it is it your turn, Kevin? Even though you uh, got that I wrong, be, I believe it is mine. Travis, did you go yes. first before? Okay, yeah. yeah. Don't you just love how I got all the rules down pat here before we start? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Which WWE Hall of Famer tweeted the following during night two of WrestleMania 37? A new study shows if you piss me off at any time during WrestleMania. I will beat the fuck out of you, you dumb son of a bitch. Something makes me think, I'm trying to think who who definitely got themselves an ass whoop on night two and, and aggravated. Well, it's multiple choice here, but I was thinking maybe you could actually figure it no. out. But I'm going to say that was Braun Strowman. I'm going to no. say it was Braun Strowman. Oh, okay. All right. No, I was going to give you the, I was about to give you the, the choices here, but. Okay, well, what were my choices that I completely right. flubbed up? All right, Jesus, you're going to get it for sure, and I'll give you the choices. Okay, uh, we have to choose from Bushwhacker Luke, Michael P.S. Hayes, doot, doot, doot. the Iron Sheik, or Kevin Nash. Doot, doot, doot. <laughs> I'm going to say... Iron Sheik likes to swear a lot. He likes to swear a lot. So I'm going to say Sheiky Baby. Sheiky Baby, going to go in there, going to get on Twitter, break their back, 
Make them humble. Make them humble. Yes. Be Brian Blair. Um, Kevin, you're correct. Thousand people right here, right here. Ding, 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 ding. You are correct, Kevin. Yes, yes. I mean, who else would it have been, really? <laughs> hey, and and also, um, I got I got a, a, t- a tweet from somebody the other day, and it had to be because of the last uh, last episode's game show segment. Uh, Lisa, the love, very lovely, uh, wonderful lady, Lisa. She was concerned with all the f bombs, and uh, I actually said to her, like, "Look, I actually try to keep them to a minimum. Oh, okay. Like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid, but like, mm-hmm. you know." So I actually hit it back and said, oh, "I'm sorry." <laughs> but anyways, so if she's listening, there was a couple more. So I'm sorry, sorry, Lisa. <laughs> so okay. All right. We are two to one, right? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Ready, Travis? Man, I really need to get this thing going. Which WWE superstar tweeted out the following, along with a video following the WWE releases of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce? This 17-second video sums up what Cassie and Jess mean to the wrestling world. Watching the main event of WrestleMania Live in the crowd because they love wrestling. And when the camera hits them, they make the same exact face without hesitation to make me laugh. The multiple choices are Natalia, Biggie, Bailey, or Liv Morgan. Man. I wish I used Twitter a lot now. Um, oh, Kevin looks like he's ready to jump in for the steal big, on this one. Biggie, you are incorrect, Chad. Oh my! Get out of here, Travis! Incorrect. Ding dong! I've been studying Ding the wrong dong. stuff. Ding dong! Hello, it was Bailey. It was Booyah. Bailey. I'm a weirdo who scrolls through Twitter all day long and saw uh, Bailey post that video. Did it make me sad when I saw it? Yes, it did, Travis. But now it makes me happy, Travis. It makes me happy. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. Look. Wow. It's three to one right now. Travis, you're getting your ass handed to you, man. I, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one. <laughs> He's so nice about it though. Yeah. Might so... give you... Just give like you one five chance. point one. What about five points? <laughs> I'm gonna give you one chance to redeem yourself. If not, this game is over. Oh, no. All right. Travis, true or false, Adam Cole told Roderick Strong, see you in hell on Twitter once it was announced he had resigned from NXT. True or false? So this is true or false. I got 50-50 here. I can either kill the game now or keep it going. I don't know. I'm going to say true. Oh, that would be false. Ah. It was Oni Lorcan tweeted that. Oh, no. What up? Kevin, congratulations. You're the winner. You're the winner of the very first Twitter mania on Pro Wrestling for Life. Thanks for playing, Travis. You know, thanks for having me. It was still a great time. He's so sweet. I'm going to go study (laughs) Twitter now, and then hopefully next time or next week, you know, we'll have another go. 
Oh, you're definitely welcome to come back on the show. But right Tra- Travis, real quick, anything like social media, any of that you want to share with everybody? Apparently, you don't have Twitter, right? Oh, I do have Twitter. I just don't use oh, okay. it. Um, right. My buddy runs a promotion Obviously. down in St. Louis. If you're in Alton, Illinois, May 1st, Pro Wrestling Epic featuring Shane Douglas. And then some of the stars of $5 Wrestling are coming up um, right August 7th. So, oh, man. Yeah. Are, are you, you, you guys got freight train? Is freight train going to be there? Fingers crossed. Lil Donnie, Fingers crossed you freight train? <laughs> Lil, Lil Donnie, Mr. Crystal, and Jeff ah, right now. All the you, characters. Maybe you have heard of my new venture I'm starting called $4 Wrestling. Oh, the undersell, oh. Sean. That is so smart. The undersell, even shitty wrestling. <laughs> hey, Travis. No, seriously, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, Kevin, congratulations, man. You oh, feel so good. It. It feels so good. Crushed it. You I didn't like, lay off. Like destroyed Travis. <laughs> I, I let him have a little. I let him a little bit of a hope spot, and then I choked him down with the finish. Right. You know. Yeah. I came out hot with that first one. You did. Well, you did. <laughs> You, you're so nice you're so nice i want to come in here and do some big big chicago st louis trash talk he's like okay this is gonna be a fun game and i was like oh he's, he's got a heart of gold i can't say anything mean about him oh yeah. wow all right you guys hey everybody well that's it for the very first twitter mania um i appreciate both of you guys coming on um very grateful kevin uh tell tell us where uh since you're the champ tell us where uh where, where are you going to be? Like, what, what's your social media? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Kev Kellum. I'm involved in the world of wrestling media uh, and doing some really cool stuff with Sports Kita right now. And you can check me out with AAW, one of the big independents, just like we have Pro Wrestling Epic in, in St. Louis. Chicago has AAW, launched the careers of many different people you've seen in WWE. They're getting back in the swing of things with the AAW Live series, which you can watch on Twitch, or you can get it at aawondemand.com or High Spots. Get it as well on High Spots. We'll be uh, on on Fight TV, on pay-per-view uh, coming up in May. Get all the info at AAPro, aawpro.com. That's aawpro.com. Dude, that was very well said. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I, I almost did. I almost did before I said it. I almost did. <laughs> you didn't have to. All right, everybody. That's it for this week's edition of Pro Wrestling for Life. Nick, thank you, my friend. Appreciate my it. It's a good show, right? This is a dude. This is a banger show, man. <laughs> thank you, Kyle O'Reilly. Thank you, Denise Salcedo, Magic Spoon. Uh, thank you to Kevin and Travis for playing Twitter Mania. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to Michael Wiseman. Let me see. Am I missing anyone else? I think that's it. You want to thank your wife? Yeah. Thank you, Ange. (laughs) Um, Well, we're going to be back next week, everybody. Uh, We've been announcing the guest uh, on a Monday, an hour before Raw over at Pro Rest for Life. That's the Twitter handle. Um, So we're going to keep doing that. So if you want to find out who next week's guest is going to be, subscribe to the Twitter account. Sean will retweet it. Um, And then on Tuesdays now, before NXT, we're going to announce to the special guest journalist is of the week so if you're looking cool. for just news about the show uh if you want to engage with us more uh go over to at pro rest for life over on twitter of course the patreon as well it's only five bucks you get the show ad free in video and audio form all the archives from xbox one two three sixty and then of course the pro wrestling tea store um we have the logo tee up right now which yeah. you absolutely go buy great shirt show your love but sean i don't know if you want to tease everybody 
Um, we're going to be rolling out some new designs here, and I think you're you're pretty excited about what you've seen so far, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got a great artist that's going to be doing some stuff for us. And, uh, you know, I mean, the Pro Wrestling for Life logo is fine or whatever, but we're going to get some really, like, some very cool shit coming yeah. to our T-shirt store. Yeah. Absolutely. I think everyone's going to like it. You're going to wear this and you're going to get laid. We're all getting. Because <laughs> no. that's the main thing. <laughs> what's, life, what's life about, right? right. So, anyway, I'm at uh, Nick underscore Houseman. I got a more pro- professional Twitter handle so people know who I am. Uh, you go support me at WrestlingInc.com. I'm the managing editor there. Uh, the Wrestling Inc. Daily is my other daily podcast for them. If you want to hear more from me and Michael Weissman, our producer, who joins me on Mondays. And that's about it, Sean. That's all I got, man. Whatever you want to all say. All right, man. No, no, that's it. I just, yeah, thanks again to everyone. Um, the show keeps growing every week. More and more people are listening and watching, and uh, very grateful. So thank you to everyone. Take it easy. Bye. Bye.